What's up, everybody? This is episode 137 of the ClapperCast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean. Sean, are you hanging in there? Are you covered with snow? Uh, just a little bit. Luckily, it was slightly above zero today, so a lot of it melted. Nice. How about how about how about down your down your end of the island? Uh, Victoria, it um, snowed like earlier in the day yesterday, and it looked like it was sticking and was going to stick around for a while. But it actually like heated up later in the day, and everything melted, <laughs> and then it just oh, got really? windy. Um, yeah, it's the total opposite. There is actually probably a solid seven seven to nine hours uh Ugh. mid island that was blowing snow like probably the closest i've seen to a prairie level blizzard since i left there yeah things that you thought you left behind right yeah no kidding <laughs> um yeah it was weird like very early for snow um but everyone hanging in there and hopefully people remember how to drive in snow but i'm sure they don't um out here in Definitely DC. Not. um but, um, yeah, there's kind of, kind of some scary news coming out of the NHL today um, where it was announced that Chris Letang actually suffered a stroke uh, on Monday. Um, and it's uh, he's doing okay. He says he's committed to returning back to the ice. There's no no sort of timeline on that. But um, I kind of I forgot about this, but he had another one in 2014. Um, and, and he yeah. found out that he had a hole in his heart. Um and so it sounds like this specific episode earlier in the week was less severe than his first one and probably, um, you know, like less uh, alarming and out of nowhere because he kind of knew about this heart issue now. Um, but still scary stuff um, to, to hear, like, a player in the NHL had a stroke or anyone had a yeah, stroke. Scary, scary uh, word. It is um, scary. It's like you said, I think. I think they said it's there's no like uh, lingering effects or anything um, that he's doing fine. That it was less severe than the first one. So, you know, we send our best out to Chris and his family, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we see him back in some capacity and back to health soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, scary, scary news, but yeah, hopefully he's he's doing okay. Uh, no lasting issues. Um, but um. Yeah, it was, was kind of weird because, like, they played on Monday and it was just announced that he had, like, an illness and uh, was out. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we find out it was a stroke. And it's, like, it just kind of makes you think about, like, how many things, how many times guys don't play and it's, like, something potentially serious <laughs> or if they think it's serious and then find out it's not or whatever, but weird news um um i don't know if there's really a good way to segue out of <laughs> that but um there was a kind Nothing of a really <laughs> other than just you know reiterating you know sending our best to chris and his yeah. family while he recovers <laughs> um there was a pretty like guns blazing game between the um seattle kraken and the la kings yesterday um that went to overtime and it was a 9-8 game i think that's probably one of the highest scoring games in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, the only other one I can think of is that I would think it was Detroit-Toronto game from oh, was yeah. the last season that was like, <laughs> did one of them hit 10 goals? Was I it 10-7 or something? I think they did hit 10, yeah. I think that was the one where Toronto like was way up and then Detroit came back and then it looked like it was going to be close and then Toronto like 
sealed it off, I think. Um, I think it was Ken Stoughton. But, uh, yeah, definitely a point night for uh, anyone who's not a goalie in that uh, L.A. and uh, Seattle game. Um, yeah, Maple Leafs 10, Red Wings 7, I think. Nice, good memory. This year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was a big, big stat night. Like, uh, both Jordan Eberle and uh, Kevin Fiala had four assists each. Wow. Um, so, good night for them. I think I saw in total there were 44 points handed out. Insane. Um, yeah, which, like, that's just, that's unreal. In um, in fantasy, I picked up Philip Denob before that game, and he had zero points. Oh, <laughs> I had the opposite experience because <laughs> I grabbed Jared McCann, and he had a lot. Nice. He had a lot of peripherals, too. Yeah, I was, I'm just hoping that it, it kind of, like, jump starts, like, a guy like Adrian Kempe. He started pretty good, and then he's been like in a bit of a slump. And he, I think, he, he got a goal and an assist in that game, but he hadn't scored a goal in uh, quite a few games before that. So I'm hoping, yeah, which is quite a change because he had he had a real uh, breakout year last year, I believe. Yeah, he had 35 goals. Um, kinda, right, that was him. Kind of came out of nowhere, um, and this year he's he's only got 15 points in 25 games, uh, and he's only got eight goals. So, hopefully, yes, yeah, so that's definitely well off pace. Keep it, keep the offense coming. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was watching the Canucks game yesterday because they're playing the Capitals. Um, and I switched to this game like in the second period. I think I texted you and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this game yeah, is you like." Yeah, you texted <laughs> me how it was like six five and the shots were sixteen fifteen. Yeah, it was like, oh man, and and a goalie had already been pulled by that point. I think. Um, I think it was quick, um, started for yeah. um, L.A. and got uh, pulled. Yeah. Um, and then um, Cal Peterson went in, and his his numbers were, you know, pretty much the same, marginally better, say, percentage-wise. But, um, yeah, not, uh, not a great night for goalies. Um, just, you know, <laughs> a lot of goals. Um, a lot of offense. Um, point night, point night for both teams. Um, just, just absolutely wild, and it was like back and forth too, um, almost the whole game. Um, yeah, these types of games are always just super fun to watch because y- you hate watching and seeing like the goals because they're 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 stressful to watch. Yeah, very stressful. It's, it's like everything's going in, so it's like you can't. You've got no confidence in the goalie. You've got no, you know, no security in in any size of a lead. So you just you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, like butt butt clenched, like waiting for the next goal on every single shot. And it's it's exciting to watch, but it's also just stressful. Yeah, the uh, commentators were calling it like shinny. Um, that's yeah, it's truly it. Like it's pretty just much pond hockey at that point. Yeah, it's like beer league style um, <laughs> scores. Um. But yeah, it's just like crazy where that came from, because um, you know, Kraken, Kraken have been on a bit of a heater. Um, but the Kings, I think we were talking about this like a couple episodes ago. They're just like not scoring a lot. Um, and but um, you know, this this game, um, although they got they got a lot of goals, they also scored a bunch. So they um, their goal differential is only. <laughs> like negative one after this game um 
for the game, I mean. Um, but overall, it doesn't really change their... Yeah, it just rocketed them up the goals against standings. Yeah. I think they're the most in the league now. Yeah, and, um, you know, after this, the day after this game, the Kings um, waived. Second most in the league. They waived Cal Peterson. Um, Which, I think that... I mean, it's really uh, unfortunate because there was that, that one year, I think two seasons ago, that Peterson looked like he was going to start taking over for Quick. He had a really great year. Uh, Quick was injured. Quick was falling off a little bit. You thought, okay, now's the time for, for Cal Peterson to take over finally. But he goes and signs that three-year contract, I think, and then he was just not very good. He hasn't uh, he hasn't lived up to that season, and Quick's, quite frankly, taken over the crease again over the last two seasons. Yeah, um, you know, obviously sad to see uh, anybody get waived when they're kind of a a roster player, but especially mm-hmm. surprising when he's that five million dollar a year contract. Um, yeah. I don't think there's going to be any takers on it. Um, so no, maybe. that might be the d- the deterrent that uh, you know who. <coughs> pardon me, who's got the the cap space to take on a five million dollar contract, even if they they want or need a goalie. Yeah, so it's it's likely this, you know, less a case of we blame you for this loss and more of a we want you to go down and play more, start more in the AHL, um, yep. and get get kind of where your name your game needs to be. Um, yeah, like a little bit of a confidence tour type thing, right? Yeah, go and like you know, we don't think league. anyone's going to claim you, and I don't think anyone is, unless like, is there any teams that are like desperate? need for any guy with a pulse right now i don't think so that would have any cap space not in net i mean the ones who the ones who could use a goalie it's not really worth it for them to claim one because like i'd be looking at uh, buffalo or arizona but like why would they claim a five million dollar goalie off of waivers yeah i'm just looking at a thing here like he's allowed at least three or more goals in five out of his past six starts and four of them um despite facing fewer than 30 shots. So he hasn't been yeah. amazing. Um, and he's amongst the worst in the league, like analytically. Um, so, you know, send him down, bring up somebody else. Like they've got like Phoenix Copley, former cap. Yeah, I was going to um, say like who uh, who would they even bring up because Phoenix Copley is the only one who's got any NHL games. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's either that or you know throw a dart at a board and call somebody else up <laughs> um but probably cop lead i would imagine just maybe yeah. ride quick a bit and play copley a little bit but the danger of like riding quick a little too much is that you know he's he's 36 so you know if you and he's you had injury issues in in the last you know handful of years yeah so you, you can't risk maybe him getting injured yeah, maybe. I mean, you send them down. Maybe they can. Maybe it's like a conditioning stint, basically, that it usually only lasts a couple of weeks. And it's yeah. like, maybe if the if the team, I don't know their schedule. Maybe if they don't have any back to backs coming up, then uh, it's like, oh, we'll just send we'll send Peterson down for a couple of weeks, give him some handful of starts in the AHL, and quick can you know take on the next six games or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, they might have. I don't know their schedule either. So maybe it makes more sense when you look at how many breaks they have and if they're at home or you know whatever but um it's kind of surprising though 
Um, but like you said, when you look at his numbers, is it really? Like, he hasn't been as good as he was a few seasons ago. So, no. Get the confidence back. You know, we've seen that happen with, you know, other goalies. I mean, look at Matt Murray's path, right? Like, yeah, starts exactly. at the ultimate high and then struggles, gets traded, um, injury, goes to the HL. Like, uh, the team is constantly talking about <laughs> trying to get rid of you. Um, and then comes back for Toronto and he's playing well. So, you know, we've, we've seen AHL's, um, I guess, conditioning stints work before. So mm-hmm. hopefully he picks that up. Is is Peterson one of the more high-profile players we've seen on waivers recently? I can't think of anyone else who's more like a bigger name or well-known name. I think at this point in the season he probably is. But, you know, like when teams were um, – see almost every year where like teams are finalizing their camp like they're not their camp their rosters there's some pretty big names that get waived um i think like wayne simmons was like a bit of a story this season um Mm -hmm. and he's still i don't think he's played in the nhl this year um but um i don't know aside from that i don't know if there's really been anyone substantial i think like nick felino like last year might have yeah, that waivers. one was a bit surprising to me too. Um, he's picked his game up. Um, I'm just taking. I guess a look. I mean we just talked about Mike Riley on the last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, good example. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, there's always like, there's always those guys where it's like on Reddit, people are like, "There's no way this guy goes unclaimed," and then, <laughs> then they do, they do go unclaimed. Sure enough, <laughs> only about one in a hundred <laughs> players that go on waivers end up getting claimed. Yeah. Um, the Capitals lost um, a couple players through waivers. Um, uh, when they finalized their rosters, they lost Brett Leeson and uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi on waivers, but then they claimed Obe Kubel. Um, so they're they're one two, I guess, on the waiver wire. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see it get used. Um, and like you know, you think of like Helberg, like he just gets claimed and claimed and claimed i saw a photo of him or his like dressing stall and he had like three teams worth of gear there he had like <laughs> he had like detroit gear he had like he ottawa pa- ottawa gloves and then like he had like a little seattle kraken like bag he was using for something it's just like and i think i by the <laughs> i heard by the time he's done he's just gonna have a piece from like every team well i heard like because i think he's, he's what on the red wings right now you know he's in their system he was on them before, and so he's got pads, um, but they're back in, like, Sweden. So he's, like, trying to get someone to, like, ship his pads oh, well. <laughs> back, to, back to him. Like, That's kind of <laughs> funny <laughs> so that, like he's, <laughs> that he's able just to use, like, his own hand-me-down yeah, pads. Yeah, he's got, like, a stockpile. Of just get uh, – it's just, like, just get generic, like, black or white or something at this point. Like, just stop spending the money. <laughs> 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 You're going to get claimed by a different team. Like, just – Use well, you see, most generic. of the teams are like two or three colors. So you just get generic pads in each color, and you're gonna be ready. You're gonna be set for any team you go to, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, good luck to um, Cal Peterson. Hopefully, he can um, pull it together. Um, the other kind of yeah. Um, I don't think they had to go through waivers just because of the amount of games they've played, but 
the Canucks sent um, Jack Rathbone and Vasily Podkolzin down to the AHL, and um, mm-hmm. there was some comments. Like I think I, I saw an interview and it was like Yannick Hansen, and he was like, "Yeah, like give them playing time <laughs> in yeah. the minors to let them actually develop their game. Don't stick them in like bottom pairing or bottom six and just expect them to be better." You yeah, know? they're not gonna they're not gonna contribute to the lineup when they're playing in a, on a line that's gonna be a role that they are not suited for, and they're not gonna get better at the things that they do well or the things that they need because they're not getting the chance to do so. Yeah, I know. I was talking so to it's a like send them down to the AHL. They'll play top six. They'll play top pairing, like whatever, and then they'll actually get the playing time they need to develop. Yeah, yeah, and if they don't have to pass through waivers. The same deal is is Peterson, where it's just a confidence boost after you know not really getting much playing time or not getting a good chance at a playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with um, the Canucks specifically, um, Ethan Bear has looked really good, um, and he plays with OEL. No surprise there. Um, and so it's like Rathbone's kind of just out of a spot. So yeah, like, yeah, just go play in the minors and develop your game, and you know, maybe later in the season or next season or something you'll. Get back on the NHL team, um, but yeah, or maybe they'll do what the Canucks seem to do with a bunch of those uh, fringe players that they never really found a spot in the Canucks lineup, where they trade them or put them on waivers and lose them, and then they do well with other teams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Jared McCann. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jack it's McEwen. <laughs> it's um, a little. Uh, I don't know. It's it's always like this isn't rocket science, like. Because I was talking to a Canucks fan about it, and he was like, um, "Yeah, I get it. Like, it makes sense." And I was like, "Yeah, like this is what most successful teams do. Like, mm-hmm. they don't bring people up until they're ready." And it's like, look at um, Tampa Bay. Look at what uh, Iserman did with Cider. You know, you're gonna play a full season in the AHL. Not even gonna think about bringing you up. And um, you know, uh, Cider had already played pro in Europe, so it's like. He had already played against adults, but it's like get get used to the NHL ice. Yeah. Know. Just develop your game. We'll bring you up when you're ready. Um, it's just it's not rocket science. I mean, and then the flip side is like, as you're well aware of the Oilers' story with rushing people into the NHL, rushing players yeah. and and tossing them into high end roles without really developing them in any way or doing the exact thing that Canucks are doing, where it's like. I'm, I'm going to point out Dylan Holloway this season that, um, yeah, Holloway spent some time playing in the minors for a couple of seasons, but they bring him up this year. Yeah, he's he's struggled to adjust to the lineup, but they're also giving him like eight minutes of ice time per game, I think. He is not playing, and he's never getting a real chance to show what he can do with players who are off other who are also offensively talented. So I think we're I think he's played fifteen games or something and he's just scored his first goal over the weekend. It was a beauty goal too. Yeah, it was on Shesterkin. Yeah. Snipe Shesterkin short side off the post and in, like the sniper's goal right there. But that's his first goal because he's not getting much of a chance to do anything with it. Yeah. It's um it's frustrating because it's like, yeah, you want them to be at the NHL, but like they need to be where they get the most development. Right. Yeah, and at this point, I'm like, if they're not going to give him, with the injuries issues the Oilers have in the top six forwards, if they're not going to give Holloway a chance with, like, Dreisaitl or McDavid for a few shifts, 
just send him to the AHL, let him like go and rip shit up down there for a bit. Yeah, it's like it's not worth it to have him on like the fourth line and try to yeah. make him be like a defensive specialist because you're just gonna set him up for failure. Like, well, especially when his line mates are like Brad Malone and Devin Shore. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're not gonna get anything. No disrespect to you're them. Not gonna they're, get any offense going. They're good in their role, but if you're an offensive yeah. player, like. It's like you're out there with two anchors, right? And that's what their yeah. role is. They're there to be – I mean, they're literally there to stifle offense, but they do yeah. it on both sides of the ice. <laughs> so, you know, don't put, it, don't put your own offensive guy out there. It's the new zero offense strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what their fourth line, if you get some scoring, it's like great, but that's not what they're there for. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just – don't don't take up a roster spot. Like just sign up, you know, replacement level NHLer instead, and let your let your uh, you know draft pick your prospects just tear it up in the AHL. Bring it up when they're ready. Segwaying back to to uh, Matt Murray for a minute, we talked about him earlier in the episode with his uh, AHL stints, but there's something that's come up with his play this season particularly that's got started to get some attention by the GMs and, and the media around the league, but it's this uh, issue with him pushing the net off where it seems to mm. be mostly Matt Murray doing it. He seems to be the most prominent one doing it and he's constantly knocking the net off, whether it's intentional or not, it's hard to tell, but he'll just be up against the post. He'll kick off of it to slide across the net and he'll knock the net off. And it obviously the play has got to get shut down. So the net gets fixed and it ends up shutting down uh, offensive chances against when they're, you know, hemmed in their own zone for a bit. So I've heard other media people now are saying that it's going to be a topic at the GM meetings, that there's going to be some discussion about how to handle it. And, you know, maybe even looking into the offseason, there would be some some rule changes or different different ways to anchor the nets in or something or, you know, a more severe punishment for players who are, in, you know, whether or not it's intentional but through the act of how they're playing the position, taking the net off. Yeah, I mean, like, I saw that video clip of, like, he did it, like, four times in a game. And I think the... Like, yeah. Was it, who was it that they were playing again? It was, like... Uh, I want to say Minnesota. I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, I, th- I saw a clip of, like, of him just knocking the net off repeatedly. Some of them were 100% intentional. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. in my in my I opinion. I didn't see the clip. Like, I just assumed he was kicking off the, the um, post. No, like there's like nobody around, and he just like kicks it off. And it's like, yeah, I don't understand how that's not a penalty when he does it four times. Like, yeah, if there's like you know you push off and you go like, you know you're across the crease. Like sometimes that comes off, but you should get a warning. And if he does it repeatedly, that should be a delayed game. And yeah, that's hundred percent. We've seen that called before for like intentionally knocking the the puck off. Um. So I think he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny moving forward. If he does that again, like twice in a game, I'm willing to bet he gets uh, he gets called on it. Um, uh, 100%. 100%. Because, yeah, that's uh, it's not a good look to just knock the net off. And goalies, goalies always do that, like in beer league and in well, NHL. Well, I mean, the... There's that infamous clip. I can't remember the goalie's name where it's like the shoot, the penalty shot, or the sh- or the breakaway. Pardon me. The goalie just turns around and pushes mm. the net off. Yeah, yeah. Is it like I you can't remember the KHL or something? Uh, I guess there's the AHL even. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's an obvious penalty. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, really, really bizarro. Um, that he did it like that many times in the game, and like I said, it happens all the time. But to just do it that often in one game is ballsy. But um, he's not. He kind of blew himself up on that a little bit because now he's gonna get called on it. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably going to be something that spreads out to the entire league too. Is just be, you know, be more watchful of this happening. Yeah. So it's like any other goalie is going to end up having their their, you know, the way they kick off the post, uh, a little bit more scrutinized as well. Yeah, for sure. Um. The um. One thing I wanted to bring up was um Matthew Kachuk's return to Calgary. Um, it was kind of like t- people were th- wondering how it was going to go, like if he was going to get booed or if he's going to get cheered on. Um, I think it was kind of a bit of bit of both. Um, like there was some boos, but, you know, it's hockey fans. Not everyone is happy with anything, but, like, I was texting you um, about it, but they showed, like, you know, the welcome back, blah, 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 like highlight video tribute thing that they do t- you know, for notable players, and was he got was the puck flip number one. <laughs> yeah, his his dowdy fights, <laughs> um, or ch- like just Getting shenanigans. By yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he got a standing ovation from after that. Looked like, yeah. um, and it's like, yeah, I don't know how anyone could be unhappy with how that's played out. Like, honestly, no. Like he he was like pretty professional about it. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they got a haul for him, you know, like he didn't just do a pull a John Tavares and say like, I want to stay. And then like, ah, my contract's done. I'm going somewhere else. He didn't do that. So as much as you can be sad that he doesn't want to stay in Calgary long-term, like he did it the right way. He did it early enough to be like, you know, I want to do right by you get something in return. Like you can't be it. Can't be mad at that long term, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, how did it work with Kachuk? Cause he he was a free agent, and then they 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 traded him to somewhere that would sign him right away. They so did, it was, it was the like first a ever. It was the first ever real sign and trade. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he worked with a team on that, and you know, contrast it with Johnny Gaudreau, even on the same organization. Yeah. Like, he just failed. That was going to be my next thing is that uh, he returns to Calgary. I think it's like January 23rd or something. Um, and I wonder if he's going to get booed because I think they would be, it would be more fitting, <laughs> if that's the right word, for fans to boo Gaudreau over Kachuk. Just, just the t- two different ways of exiting. Yeah, I, I think there is a chance Gaudreau gets more, more boos than, than Kachuk. Yeah, even even just going back because there was like that that last season, that one that was was like two or three seasons of playoffs where Johnny just disappeared, and the one season he was really bad all year. <laughs> so there, there, you know, there was a lot of of trade speculation or suggestions around him for seasons, and then you know he wasn't always the most the most uh, looked at the most fondly in 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 Calgary, so. Yeah. Um, and then to, speaking to end end on that note, maybe uh, maybe not as good as Matthew. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of fans being a little 
you know, like booing or whatever and being unhappy. The Devils fans, how about them lately? Like, they're they, pretty into it, aren't they? Yeah, they they <laughs> they threw stuff when they were losing against Toronto because of all of the waved off goals. Like it was like what three goals or something like got waved I off for so. them, including one where the referee said like we like there's no goal, but he like halfway pointed to the center dot like it was a good goal, <laughs> and then like switched his arms. I was like, oh yeah, no 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 goal. So that yeah. one I can understand, so like, like, getting pretty <laughs> They've upset. called off so many goals, they can't even <laughs> yeah. remember what's happening on this call. And then, so they were, like, throwing stuff, and um, that was their f- that was the end of their streak of, like, wins. And then they threw stuff when Jack Hughes got his first hat trick, too. Well, uh, they're supposed to do that, aren't they? Yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, they're just, I don't know, they're, um, they're getting mad and throwing stuff. And then, um, I don't know, they're just really into it, including, um, I think they hit, like, Eric Halla with, like, a hot dog or a chicken strip or something. <laughs> um, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of funny, but also not because, like, you don't want to get hit with the stuff that's being thrown at you. You don't know what it is. You don't know how much it's going to cause damage. Yeah. So... Yeah, so every game they have to throw something, whether it's for a hat trick or, uh, you know, getting mad at goals being called off. Um, <laughs> they're um, they're into throwing. <laughs> at least <laughs> turn it into something productive and do like a teddy bear toss or something. Yeah, yeah. Like at least those are soft and uh, go to a good cause. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, they have to they have to put like um, warnings just to not throw anything and. I mean, yeah, talking right. about delay of game, right? Like, I don't know. That's, if that's totally a thing. They penalize the home team, or they penalize the team. You know, well, I guess the home team. It's the Devils fans. They penalize the home team for delay a game for for tossing stuff on the ice. Yeah, but if it happens at the end of the game, like what happens, right? Like they just tack on a minor penalty on the game sheet. Like there's no real repercussion. Yeah, that's true. Um, all the fans have to sit in the penalty box for two minutes at the start of the next game. <laughs> Oh, he froze. He still there? Yep. Oh, he froze for me. Oh, you did. Yeah, your video went off too. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, uh, if you get a, if you get like a delay a game for tossing stuff on the ice at the end of the game, then all the fans have to sit in the penalty box at the start <laughs> of the next game. Yeah. Just have to pile in there. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um. All right, anything else you wanted to go over? There was, but I forget what it was. Um, Let me just scroll through uh, our hockey for a second and see if I can find it. Yeah, I should go right oh. through. Um, so you remember that Matthias Samuelson, he got his big seven-year, $30 million contract earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He just scored his first NHL goal. Nice. So this dude got a thirty million dollar contract before he even scored a goal. I I can't say I've seen that happen before. Like that's that's just that's just insane to me. Yeah, I mean, like, is he like more of like a defensive kind of guy? I mean, thirteen points in sixty three games to this point. Actually, no, this isn't up to date on cap friendly, but you know. 15 points in 65 games or something like that. 
So definitely more on the defensive side. But uh, yeah, that, that's still like a, you'd expect, you know, maybe you have a couple, maybe you got a full season under your belt before a $30 million contract. You'd think. Uh, I think I think he plays with Darlene, so like maybe they're like you have good chemistry with like one of our best players will like sign you. Like Chris Kunitz thing. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems uh it seems weird, but like um we're seeing kind of a lot of um big contracts being dished out with very early in careers. Um Yeah, that is true. And I guess it's all looking forward to the cap going up, like forward thinking, like, oh, it shouldn't be a problem because the cap's going to go up. Um, but, like, again, it's like, what if it doesn't? <laughs> you exactly. Know? It's like, sure, you can, Batman can sit there and be like, oh, yeah, we're expected to see, like, a few million dollars per year coming up in the in the cap increase. But they were also expecting that in 2019, and then it stayed flat because of everything that happened. Like, you can't, you can't, uh, predict the state of of everything that accurately yeah and um you know one kind of big example of that is like jonathan huberto's contract um you know he was tra- in that matthew kachuk deal going to calgary and then before the season even started he signed a ten and a half million dollar uh well like um six year uh no eight year extension um and so far this season, he's he's got 12 points in 19 games, which is respectable. I mean, that was a bad contract when he signed it, but but now now it looks <laughs> even worse if that's how he's going to produce. Yeah, it's like I think I think it was for a point even worse, like point per game wise. I think he's recently gotten like a couple more points. Um, but yeah, it's like you know they're expecting him to be over a point per game. This isn't yep. this isn't good enough. Um, he's supposed to drive their offense, and he's he's not. Um, well, they're paying ten and a half million for a guy who averages seventeen minutes of ice time a game with twelve points in nineteen games. Well, it's like, fine because for this year they're only paying him five point nine, Sean. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is this is his this is his adjustment year, and then next year when he's <laughs> yeah. getting paid ten and a half. Okay, I got it. Yeah, he'll um, get better next year. It's okay. So it's it's kind of funny. It's like yeah, he cashed in on a non-contract year. <laughs> Which is smart. Good, you know, good, good play by Huberto, honestly. Yeah, because what if I produce less? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, I mean, you know, it's still he still has time to turn it around, but like going over a hundred points is going to be challenging um, at this point. When you know, there's guys like you know, not not no one can compare to McDavid, but like you know, like Jason Robertson has like what like thirty six points or something like that um yeah kucherov 35 uh pasternak 32 uh matthew kachuk 29 points um so it's just interesting to see like was that a good deal i don't know um what about nazim kadri like he you know signed his big deal um he didn't have a year left on anything but you know he's got 15 points in 22 games um, which is a bit shy of his last year, but I don't think anyone expected him to be, be a point per game player again. No, I don't. I think that's more in line with what was expected for him. Um, yeah, 
but more in line with his career trajectory, I guess. But for Huberto, you would expect a lot more. Um, you know, oh, for sure. especially for like all of the praise he was getting in the off season when um he was practicing with Calgary and like um they you know they were like he was the best player <laughs> that's mm-hmm. been on this team ever. Um, so yeah, I mean he's been a point per game player. A well over a point per game player, pretty much for the last four seasons, before this one. Yeah. So you you'd expect that's his current, you know, his current place. But then he goes and signs a significant deal at twenty, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine years old. It's not going to kick in till he's thirty. He's getting paid ten and a half million until his late thirties. So that's going to be. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that could be bad next year, and it's going to be even worse in in eight years. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot. Um. So, but like there was another guy that signed a contract recently, Rupe Hints. Um, so he's 26. His his uh contract expires at the end of this season. He signed um an eight year, eight point four five million dollar deal. Um, what do you think about that contract? I still feel like it's it's high for for him but also it seems to be that's the that's kind of the the amount that players of his caliber are getting right now so it's not out of line but it does seem like a lot it seems more reasonable for him to get that than say like jason robertson um you know just based off of where they're at in their careers because i think hints has an extra an extra successful season or two compared to robertson but um that seems to be reasonable based off of what other players of that caliber and that production are getting. Yeah. I would love to know the politics behind the, the deal here because, you know, you had, um, was it the stars owner that was saying like, Oh, guys score like 40 goals and they want like, you know, $7 million. Um, and then, you know, they give Robertson like a, a bit of a bridge deal. Like, 7.7 for was three or four seasons or something four seasons yeah um but then you know he's also younger but then like hints who's like you know 26 like you know has been a bit more successful like or um you know like you said he's got that tenure like that um extra couple seasons and they give him more money but they also give him term so it's like was that because he's like, you know, a, a team guy and like, you know, wasn't holding out for like something and they want to like encourage players to do that, like reward that almost? Or is it just like he plays center? Like, you know, we feel that he drives the offense, whereas Robertson's more of a finisher. But to us, like a guy that can play center is like, you know, we're going to play pay a premium for that. Um, yep, that's definitely going to be a part of it is the center eligibility or the center positioning. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, it seems like you got a guy that seems holds like Robertson. Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I just thought it was interesting. Like, you got a guy that holds out and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you still kind of give him what he wanted, um, but maybe he was asking for more. Um, but then, like, you know, you sign hints partway through the season so you you almost avoid that issue again maybe um but you give them more money so it's just i guess maybe you go a little bit higher to get him now instead of waiting and seeing what happens yeah yeah i mean like 
the end of the day, he's he's got 24 points in 22 games. So, yeah, which is good. It's good. I mean, he's po- point per game the last couple seasons as well. So when he's in the lineup, I know there was that one year where his nickname was Rufe Day to Day Hints. Yeah, he was just like this. He like 50 50 chance if he was gonna play. Um, you know, he had like one game he'd play, the next game he'd be hurt. So when he's healthy, he's dominant. Um, so I think it's I think it's maybe a slight overpay, but it makes sense because um, yeah. they they need to lock him up long term. Um, he's he's very important to that team. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it's, it's probably also hard to uh, it's probably hard from the organization's perspective when they've got Sagan and Ben making like nine and a half nine point eight million. Like there's there's the oh well. This guy gets gets this many points and he's getting this much, so like I feel like I should be able to get this because I put up way more points than him. Yeah, it's also the same dollar number as what Haskinen got, hey. Oh yeah, it is. Um, so interesting. Maybe that comes into it slightly. Um, yeah, it's uh, the stars are doing pretty good. Like you know, like Robertson's obviously producing. Um, you know, we said he had thirty six points. Um, that line is amazing, Pavelski, Hints, and Robertson. Um, but their veterans are are contributing. Like Jamie Ben had, like he was like second in November for points. Like he was crazy. He put up a lot of points in November. Um, it's yeah, a bit of a resurgence from him and uh, Sagan too. Actually, has been solid. I think he's got the same amount of points as Austin Matthews. That might have changed tonight. I don't know if Matthews got points, but. Yeah, the same number of points as Matthews in two less games. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Damn. what year is this? <laughs> like, right? You know, is this is this uh, you know MVP Jamie Ben year or what? <laughs> um, but he's been playing like on their third line, like with I think like Ty Delandria and um, I think Wyatt Johnston. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just they're just rolling. The stars are cruising along, first in the central. Um, doing doing just fine. Um, so like if they can get that offense out of Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, um, yeah, it's it's them. working. I mean, they they need it because I mean at this point the Stars are they were recently the top offensive team in the league. They're tied with Boston right now for the most goals for. So. They're getting production from everybody. I mean, Robertson, you said he's got 36 points, but he's also the leading goal scorer in the league. He's got a couple more goals than McDavid and Horvat. So, you know, his explosion combined with, you know, the resurgence of of Ben and, and Sagan and just some solid depth with the new system that Pete DeBoer's bringing in, and it's like kind of a perfect situation for all these guys to finally refine their games and, you know, in the case of Robertson and Hintz, uh, cash in a bit. Yeah, and... um Sagan's doing pretty good too. He's he's got 18 points in 23 games. So, you know, he's he's not scoring a lot. Like he's got four goals and 14 14 assists. He's or also got a super low shooting percentage right now. So, uh, getting a bit unlucky, you might expect him to to start scoring a little bit more too. Yeah, but you know, he's he's looked a lot better. Like, um, like you know, like in 2020, like he missed almost the entire season after um they were in the cup final um and uh or when when they were sorry um but um he um 
he took it looked like he kind of took some time to really heal um and he looks like he's I think that's huge he's, for him he's doing better now um, like what do you have like both hips replaced or like <laughs> both hips worked on or something at the same time so it's like of course it's going to affect your mobility your speed your shot your balance like everything your agility well just like how you so, play too like you know what oh, you're totally. what you're I don't know what your like tendencies are. Like, what sh should you try and go for that puck, or should you make a pass instead of trying to get it uh, yeah. like yourself in a position for a shot? You know, like so it's kind of like relearning your game, tweaking it um, to you know your new ability level, basically. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, they're they're doing just fine. Um, I'm having fun watching them too, which is something that you couldn't say a lot of the time last season like i mean i like watching defensive hockey but you know it's, it's always nice to see a team score um so it, it's fun it's nice when the offensive players are let loose to be offensive yeah to like let their talents out let their skill out let their creativity out and not not be completely stifled by a suffocating system well yeah it's, it's frustrating to watch a team and see the talent level and then just know that they're not able to like do what they can in the system mm -hmm. you know like a guy like robertson it's like yeah he scored a lot of goals but like now it's like just unleashed <laughs> right mm -hmm. like off offense 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 so it's fun um i hope they keep it going never would have pegged them to be first in the central um, no i i barely had them even getting close to a playoff spot after the trajectory and the weird overperformance by certain players and all that but look they're they're on fire yeah that wraps things up for this time here on clappercast make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way for more content you can follow us on facebook or instagram at clappercast media or on twitter at clappercast thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more hockey talk